Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And our intention is to keep it running for you with the help we get every week from Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Dan, good morning to you. Hope your 4th of July was a good one. Wasn't it great? It's, we have a lot to celebrate with uh, what we have in this country, don't we? You know, well, we, we talk about we we complain a lot about plenty, but we sure have a lot to celebrate. Well, that is for sure. Uh, we had a yeah. lot a lot of heat to celebrate over the last uh, week or two, and uh, I know a lot of folks uh, came into Lloyd's for some AC uh, work. I had a, in fact, I don't have it in front of me, uh, but someone sent a. Uh, an email, not a text, an email to me, and I left it uh, up in my office. So I'll have to kind of summarize. It was, uh, they, they got, not in the Twin Cities, it was some uh, garage, some service place in Minnesota, southern Minnesota, I believe. They had their uh, refrigerant uh, updated. You know, they needed, evidently they had some leak, and they, they thought, the person thought, evidently he knew something about uh, cars, that he thought well, the, the amount they put in, they said they put in, was more than the actual uh, car could hold. I mean, is there a reason for that? Do you think? Well, uh, no. They, okay. I mean, that's not right for sure. Um, but one thing that they could think about is if, in the process to find a leak, they filled it up once. Yeah. You know, lost part of it, and and you will, you'll lose part of it. Then you recover what's left. And if in that process you lost a half a pound of refrigerant, then of course, they would be charged for that, and that might be why it added up to more than the actual capacity of the car. That but makes sense. You should ne- you, yeah, you should never put more than the capacity of the car into the car when the system is, is you know, when you're all done working on it. Still a lot of AC work at uh, Lloyd's Automotive? There is still a lot of AC work. You know, you just can't talk about fixing cars without talking about the weather, can you? No, that's true. <laughs> Absolutely. No matter yeah, what end of the spectrum we're on. Yeah. The weather has such an influence. And, and when I look at the uh, the devastation in, in southwestern Minnesota, um, and you know a lot about that area down there, Denny, but, sure. uh, it you know, the, the cars and vehicles and things that are submerged, water just wrecks that stuff. So uh, with all the flooding that's happening in the country, we're going to have to be careful. Uh, when we search for a used car, that uh, there's no flood damage on it. And, you know, when you bring a car in for a used vehicle inspection before you purchase it, those are the kinds of things that we look for, uh, you know, before we tell you that this car is a good idea for you to buy. Have you ever found water damage in vehicles that you've inspected? We have. And where where you find it is in the wiring. You know, the you just can't get all of the wiring out of the, or all the water out of the wiring and the connectors. And uh, when there's been water introduced into it, there's a residue that, that gets left behind that you see. And so that's what we look for. I'll tell you what, if you have a car care question, Dan Burns has helped us out for a long time here on CCO. And before you uh, bring in your vehicle to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, uh, give us a call or send a text to Dan. He might uh, give you some information about what might be wrong there. 
Uh, here's our phone number. We've cleared the line, 651-989-9226. If you want to phone in your question, keep in mind, Dan will be here uh, with us for about another 30 minutes. That's it, uh, just before Jack Farrell. So don't wait. If you do have a question, either call it in or uh, text us. And the text number, by the way, is 81807. By the way, Dan, early this morning, we uh, got a text already. Uh, Dan, does Lloyd's make new key fobs and program them? Lost mine. Well, uh, we do. We obviously don't make them. Right. But we we get new key fobs from the manufacturer most commonly, and uh, and then oftentimes they do need to be reprogrammed. And on most cars, there's a few models that uh, that um, that we can't do that that need some special programming. But we have access to people that uh, that can get it, you know, can get, can finish the programming, uh, part of it for us in order, in order to be able to do that, uh, the dealerships, uh, pretty much have access to it, but there's, you know, the, they, they're pretty careful about who gets access to that sort of information on a car, you know, because of security purposes and you almost need to be a a certified uh, locksmith. Uh, to be able to get that, but we have access to those people, so we always get it done. Well, that's good to know. Yes, six, yeah. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six eight eight one eight zero seven is the text. You know, I haven't. Uh, you know, uh, to to listen to your advice, Dan, is is one thing, but I have yet to use my regular key to test the car doors instead of just the fob, like you suggest. Don't just forget about that, right? For new listeners, explain what what uh, you meant by that. Well, you know that we all use key fobs, and and, and uh, some of us don't even know where don't even know if there is a key to it. And most of the time, there is, you know, an actual metal key that you can put in the door in case your key fob fails. And uh, my advice to people is, you need to use that once in a while because, like any mechanical part, if you uh, just leave it for year after year and never use the uh, mechanical key part of it when you need it if the battery fails and you're stuck somewhere if you need the uh, key fob or the key to work it won't because it's uh, it just has never been moved so i suggest that every couple t- uh, you know every couple times a year or even more often uh take that key up key out of the key fob and actually turn it in the doors or in the trunk uh, so that they get exercised cleaned and moves the lubricant around. And by doing that, uh, you'll keep them working in good order for when you actually need them. Good idea. So, yeah. I got to do that yet. <laughs> As a matter of I fact. Do say, I, do, I do say that several times a year. Today's the day to, to, to take your key and stick it in all the doors and in the trunk lid and be sure that everything will open with the key. Good idea. It to be work. I yeah. think I'll do that. Nice weather today. We can do that without any uh, rain or anything today, so it'll be good. Yeah. I tell you what, Dan, let's go to the phones. We have folks waiting there and uh, more texts uh, to, to impart, too. Uh, Clarence in St. Paul, I believe, is first here. Go ahead, Clarence. I've got a 2004 Suburban, and the drawing four amps with the truck shut off. I know the computers use electricity, but does that seem excessive? Yeah, that's excessive. There's something pretty big being on staying on with that and um like a light or something or even more uh a relay that's that's feeding something so now that you've figured out how to test the amount of amperage that's uh being drawn through the car 
The next prop process is to isolate a circuit. And probably the best way to do that is pull the fuses one at a time uh, and see And when you pull the fuses, when you pull the correct fuse, the amperage will drop. And so that's, and, and maybe like with four amps, maybe it'll be more than one fuse, but you'll still see movement. And when you pull that fuse, then you can, you know, get zeroed in on what circuit it is. If it's the interior lighting circuit or, or whatever it may be, uh, it, it narrows the scope and then you don't have so, so much to look at uh, to determine where the draw is coming from. But I'm sure that if you don't disconnect the battery overnight, the uh, the car is dead in the morning with a draw like that. That's too much. It's too much. Okay, good luck, yep. Doug. Uh, uh, Doug, I'm sure, is is, call, is calling in from Blaine with a question. Go ahead, Doug. Thank you. Yeah, good morning. I have a 6x12 cargo trailer with 15-inch tires on it. It's a two-wheel trailer, and I try to pack the bearings every year. But some people have said that maybe you should put like a, a bearing buddy on there as long as you don't over grease it. And then I wouldn't have to pack them every year. Just give it a shot every now and then. What's your opinion on bearing buddies? I think both are a great idea. I think the bearing buddy is a good in-between thing to do. But uh, maybe not every year. But I don't think that's going to eliminate actually taking it, especially if it's a if it's a trailer that gets submerged in water or, or sits out in the, you know, in the moisture and, and it, I'm sure it does, uh, that grease gets, gets moisture in it and needs to come out of there. Adding more grease helps, but I think it, the grease actually needs to be cleaned out. And, and, uh, when you clean the, the grease out, if you find any moisture, you know that, well, you did it, you know, soon enough. Uh, if you don't find any moisture, then you can be confident maybe letting it go a little bit longer the next time. But bearing buddies are great, but I would still recommend that from time to time you take it apart, clean the bearings out, you know, repack them with grease, and then put new seals in, and the trailer will last you forever. Before we, There you go, Doug. Thank you. Before we take a quick break, Dan, um, a, a texter sent this in early this morning. It's a 2008 Corolla. Maintenance schedule says change spark plugs at 120,000 miles. I'm almost there. How necessary is this? My car is running great. Consequences if I don't? Well, the consequences if you don't, you know, if the, if the uh, spark plugs fail, it creates a misfire, and a misfire is hard on an engine. So, uh, And then the other thing, too, is you don't want to leave spark plugs in the cylinder head too, lo- too long because uh, you might have some difficulty getting them out if they've uh, stayed in there for too many years. So I would recommend that you do it on schedule, but I always recommend that you do it all on schedule. So, uh, you know, engineers smarter than me are designing these maintenance schedules, and so uh, I trust them and I, I stick with them. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. So, and, it, you know, that it, it's pretty easy and doesn't cost too much to change the spark plugs on that car. So I think I would just go ahead and do it. Good deal. All right. Uh, text number, by the way, is 81807. We have callers on the line, Dan. When we return, we'll uh, pick up on more calls and texts here on CCO's Car Care Show. Had a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our Car Care Show. Dan Burns is with us from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, which is located where on Grand Avenue, Dan? We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web, of course, at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or stop on in. We're open this morning from uh, from 8 till noon. 
I was just going to ask you that. You are open today. All yeah, right. yeah. Very good. Uh, let's see. We have, boy, we have callers. We have texters. Let's see who is next. Uh, Jan in Coon Rapids is uh, waiting to ask you a question. Go ahead, Jan. Oh, good morning. Um, and I have to tell you, I really enjoy your show every Saturday. Well, thank you. Um, I'm looking to get a runaround car um, for our farm up north, um, something that won't be used on a daily basis, but maybe every other weekend. And I'm looking at uh, just a little car like a Fiat or a Mini Cooper, and I wanted to ask your opinion of which would be better mechanically and um, just, um, I know they're both good on gas and so forth, but what what would you get? I was putting you on the spot there, Dan. Yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't have, I, I, there's very few cars that I would recommend that you not uh, purchase or that are, that you should not be interested in. Neither of those are on the list. And so for that reason, I would say I would pick the one that, that most meets your needs, you know, that has the storage capacity that you're looking for, that has the seating arrangement uh, that you want. And, you know, even down to the cup holders are where you want them to be and a place to put your phone and all of that sort of stuff is, is pretty important. And, you know the re- the rest of the cars. Cars are so good nowadays that that uh, you know, and and they're a little bit hit and miss. If you get a good one, it's going to be great for you, and it's going to be and it's going to serve you well. And and uh, but there's no particular one I would recommend that you stay away from. So all right, would, uh, look at look at it and see which one works better for you. you no, know, I think that that's a good idea. These little details that sometimes we overlook. You know, like you said, cup holders or you know storage or whatever the case may be. So Jan, you good know, luck. I mean, it's more important than what color it is. I'll Isn't that, that true? Yeah. I, I, need, I need all my stuff in the right spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Who's next? Uh, Murphy is calling from Spring Lake Park. Murphy, you're on with Dan. What is your question? Yes. Uh, we have a flex all-wheel drive, and uh, we had new tires put on it, and one of them got a nail, and the dealer said that uh, you should replace two. And he replaced one. He said, that's good enough. There's no problem. And I looked in the Ford book, and I don't see anything. It said, basically, the front wheels do the driving. And uh, bad weather or under different conditions than all four drive. So my question is, the, I had them rotate the tires and put the ones with the best trade next to each other on the same axle. The front ones have eight, uh, nine thirty seconds. The other one has nine. The two or the originals in the back have six thirty seconds. My question is, can we run that till fall and then put all four new tires on it? Yes, you sure can. Um, you know, the, the diameter of a tire, while it's measurable, and, and it's for sure, what they're talking about is they don't want, they want the car is designed for all four tires to be turning at the same speed. And when two tires are worn out a little bit more, than the other ones, they're going to turn at a different speed. And mechanically, somewhere in the vehicle, that needs to be compensated for when you have the ability to drive all four wheels. That being said, the the vehicle does have the ability to do that. And never will all four tires turn perfectly at the same rate. That's why they're designed that way. So when there's a difference in the in the diameter of the tires that number gets or you know the, the the difference is a little bit higher than when you have all four tires perfectly 
So I've never seen it cause a problem in, in my career. A lot of the manufacturers sure recommend that you do keep all four tires the same, but I've never seen it be a problem. So uh, if you if you wait till fall or forever to to change that and keep rotating the tires around, I think it would be just fine. All right. Very good. Now, this uh, is not a, a question, but a more of a comment. A car care subject texture says, uh, a road buckle at Highway 77 northbound at 66th Street, right lane, MnDOT should flatten it out before a front end da- is damaged on a vehicle. Now we've talked over the years about uh, you know potholes, things like that, but these right. kind of damage can they not? Yeah, that's right. It's uh, you know hitting hitting a big a significant uh, you know structure in the road uh, at, at full speed is really hard on a car. <clears throat> so I would certainly recommend that you. Uh, that you avoid that, and, and thanks for the tip. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's good advice for us all to watch out for that. All right, Dan, we need to take a quick bottom-of-the-hour break. We have more show to come. Keep in mind, Dan will be here for about another 12, 15 minutes or so, and we'll pick up on your calls and your text messages when we return. And good Saturday morning to you. We're back uh, talking car care, as we always do with this uh, hour on CC every Saturday. Uh, Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Dan, we have callers, we have textures. We'll just try to get through as many as we can, uh, like Bill in Woodbury has been waiting there. Go ahead, Bill, with your question. Thank you. Uh, Every morning when we're listening to the traffic report, Susie Carr tells us about stalled vehicles out on the freeways. What is making all of these cars stall? Thank you. Well, (laughs) lots of different things. can cause a vehicle to stall. You know, common if the alternator doesn't continue to charge, if the uh, fuel pump fails. You know, there's just a, a number of things that will cause the car to fit, to to stall. And a lot of them, of course, this time of year are stalling because of the heat. the The car will overheat and boil over and and stall alongside the road. So, you know, there's as as many components on the car. Uh, any one of those can fail and cause the car to skip the stall so that's why you see so many of them because you know it carries a lot of moving parts yeah a lot can go wrong all yeah. right bob good question though thanks i'm glad you're listening uh phil let's see phil in maple grove yeah phil is next uh here on cco uh let's see where is phil go ahead phil hi how are you doing this morning good, thank you i have a quick question uh a few years ago i bought a 2006 ford mustang just a small v6 coupe but lately, I've been having transmission issues to where um, the only way that you can get its automatic transmission is you, you put it all the way down into low, and then it'll go, and then you just do the clicks up first, second, third, you know, until it clicks in the drive. Otherwise, it slips if you just put it into, you know, drive right away. And then also, if you park it on a hill sometimes up or down, you got to kind of rock the car back and forth because it's kind of locked in park. <laughs> a little bit too until it comes out of park. And I'm just wondering if it's something about the cabling or a modulator box or, you know, that's, I, I don't know. I talked to one guy and he says, well, we do a fluid filter change on it too, but the, the fluid might be what's holding the transmission together for even working right now. I was just wondering what your, what your spin was on this. Yeah, that's when I'd probably have to, to see and take a drive uh, uh, on it because, if the transmission is is actually if the lever is actually shifting into the 
drive position with the cable and and then you go to uh to accelerate and it's really slipping then uh for some reason transmission is not automatically able to get into the lowest gear that it needs to be in uh to start out to start the car or to you know to get it rolling and you're able to do that mechanically by shifting it down into it but i'm based on your description i'm thinking that there's some pretty significant internal transmission trouble and uh i think that uh, you're probably going to be looking at uh, some sort of transmission overhaul mm. uh, to repair it but but uh, i i think i would probably maybe be willing to spend a little bit of money if i was you and take it in and have it diagnosed uh or you know it may may even turn out to be free if somebody's going to recommend a transmission and and if you're going to consider buying one but uh, but i think you should uh, you should take it in and have that checked all right there's your advice Thank you, Phil. Vern is calling from Milltown, I believe. Vern, you're on with Dan. Hi, Dan. I have a 2000 Chevy Silverado 1500 with a 5.3 motor. Um, it was setting for a year or two. It's just a backup truck we use once in a while. I put a brand-new battery in it, fired right up. We drove it for two or three days. Uh, we shut it off uh, the next morning, went to start it. I mean, we had it running that morning again. Went to start it. If everything's completely dead, I put a scanner on it. Don't show no codes. Uh, the key seems to turn awful easy. What could be possible be the problem we can start looking at? Well, I, I would start with see if the battery is dead. Uh, no, yeah, the, battery's, the battery's brand new. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's great charge and everything. Yeah. So if you're sure that the battery is charged up and... Uh, and you're turning the key and, and nothing's happened, then I guess that's a good place to start is at the key. Is, is the, did the lock cylinder, for example, break? Uh, and you, you think you're turning the key, but, and you are turning the key, but further in, nothing's happening. And that, ha- that happens on those. So that's, uh, that's one place that you could, you could start. In other words, you're, you're turning the key, but the, the electrical part of it isn't turning at all. So that's what I think about that. It just turns just super easy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably what happened is something broke in there and, uh, you'll probably have to get some help on getting that, uh, taken apart to, to, uh, to do that repair unless you, unless you feel like you're handy enough, but often, you know, if to replace that lock cylinder when it's still working is pretty simple to replace that lock cylinder when it's not working correctly is hard to do because you can't get it turned in the right position to get it out. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it takes drilling and breaking and, and, uh, and some work to get after it. So you might, you might have to get some help on that. All right, Vern, there you go. Thanks for the call. I don't want to forget our texters either, Dan. Here's one that says, is a, like a multiple part question here. Is auto start a good feature? Does it put a drain on the battery and is it hard on the starter? Uh, well, I have auto start in my vehicle, and if it's hard on anything, to me it's worth it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you like it? I, you know, I don't. I don't think so. I, you know that a starter is designed to crank the car for a long, long time and lots of times. And uh, you know, so, nowadays many cars, when you pull up to a stop sign, they shut off anyway, and the starter has to reengage every time you go to you go to take off again. So. I wouldn't worry about that, and I think the benefits of it far outweigh the uh, the wear and tear 
on the vehicle. And in fact, there are some benefits to having the vehicle warm up enough, uh, you know, before you get in it, because uh, because that's when the car runs most efficiently. So I think all said and done, it's just fine. You should you should enjoy the uh, the benefit of auto start if you want. Yeah. Let's see. Here's one uh, text, Dan. What is the most common parasitic draw in milliamps for a vehicle? Wow. Well, uh, anything over 250 milliamps is is too high. In, in other words, if you let it, the car sit overnight, or for sure two nights, it'll be dead. And when you get down to, you know, like we like, we like to see it less than 100 milliamps. And as far as what causes it, perhaps that's what their, their question is. Uh, you know, anything on the car can cause it. Any electrical component can cause it. A glove box light, a trunk light, a, a relay, uh, you know, any, any component that's not uh, shutting off when it's supposed to. And commonly, it's the computer system itself. You know, the computers are supposed to go into a sleep mode, and if they don't, then uh, they'll cause a draw, too. But, uh, yeah, under 100 is best. Okay. Here's another text. I know you've got to leave us here in a minute or so. Uh, 2001 S10, it's stuck in four low. Where do I start? Well, uh, I'm not sure exactly how that works. There's probably a button on the uh, dash that, that operates it. And, you know, we would test and make sure that the, the, that the button's actually working. And if it is, it's sending a signal out to other components that are supposed to move. And uh, most commonly on that vehicle, down on the differential, there's a fork. Because you don't use four low very often, there's a fork in the differential that gets stuck. And sometimes that motor's not strong enough to, uh, to pull that out or to move it like it's supposed to. And uh, one thing that you could do is try, you know, moving, try moving, try moving it out of uh, four low under some different conditions. Maybe when the vehicle's in neutral, or when the vehicle's rolling, or when the vehicle's backing up, or something like that. Try some different conditions and see if you can't get it to move by itself. If not, you'll have to take it into the shop and and have them mechanically move it and free up that fork, uh, and then it'll work again for you. One more quick text, then we got to run. Uh, Mobile One, uh, Mobile One guarantees twenty thousand miles before an oil change. Would you agree with that? I've been using this oil, but change it at five thousand on your suggestion. Am I wasting my money? Thank you. No, you're not, because uh, you know changing or the oil being able to work is fine, and, and it is. Uh, but the filter certainly needs to be changed more frequently than twenty thousand miles, and the oil still gets dirty. It it does not break down uh, the way a conventional motor oil does, but it still gets dirty. So you're doing the right thing, and thanks for listening, and keep doing what I say. That's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> now, if only work that way at home. I'll tell you yeah. what, let's uh, let's give Lloyd's uh, phone number, and then we'll uh, talk next week. Okay, you can give us a call. We're there this morning at 651-228-1316. Good deal, Dan. I'll see you in studio one week from today. 
Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.